Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a curious idea floating around that COVID crisis undid the principles of economics. And uh, the professor goes on to write, in part, resilient recovery and uh, building back better are proposals for an investment push into green technology and, and new environmental policies, including initiatives that failed to pass the standard economic tests before the pandemic. Ross, are you saying that uh, the virus hasn't changed the fundamental rules of the economy? Imagine that. But yes, I, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Yeah, well, it, it rolls off the tongue so easily to say, well, everything's changed now. We've had uh, a viral pandemic, and so everything down to the laws of arithmetic have changed. But um, no, it's actually still the case that um, policies that fail a benefit-cost test, policies that create or try to create industries that are known money losers are a bad idea. They, um, they destroy wealth. And they create unsustainable jobs and unsustainable businesses because they are entirely dependent on subsidies. I look at the numbers that we're facing, $343 billion in deficit. And the parliamentary budget officer, Yves Giroux, has been on this program several times. I really like him. He's, he, he tells it like it is. And uh, I just ran a couple of numbers that he's very familiar with the ones we were talking about. Uh, I ran by him on the air a few weeks ago, and he said, just listening to you say that makes my head spin. But here you write, the only thing COVID-19 might have done is make it even more valuable for society to increase employment and decrease non-essential demands on the public purse, which means that the idea of coupling a post-pandemic recovery plan with any kind of Canadian Green New Deal is bound to be harmful. That's almost, that's inviting to... Um, that's inviting pushback. I think people have started to really believe that the numbers don't matter anymore, or significant numbers of people believe that. Yeah, and I can see why people do, because all of a sudden the government just seemed to have unlimited amounts of money to send everyone a check every month and bail out any business that was running uh, out of cash. Um, it seemed like a magical time. But at the same time, I suspect most Canadians realize this was... This was not the way it can be. And these, that deficit number that you referred to, we've essentially spent at least a decade's worth of wealth uh, just getting through this pandemic. And one of the points I made in my, my column was about the only thing that changed because of the pandemic is we now have a lot less money to throw away. So um, far from this being a situation where it's now... Um, open season on any bad idea that uh, comes across the prime minister's desk. It's the opposite. They have to be uh, resolute in not embracing policies that we know from long experience are just going to drain the public purse and they're not going to create growth and they're not going to create jobs. What are your concerns about next Wednesday? Right in part, there are rumors that Bill Morneau resigned as finance minister because he didn't agree with the Prime Minister's green recovery agenda. If so, it is too bad he didn't stay on and fight. And it is imperative that his successor, Christian Freeland, 
not give in to the Trudeau team's dubious inclinations on this file. We have enough experience with green technologies to know they don't run on solar and wind. They run on subsidies. And you point quite correctly to the province of Ontario. What are your concerns about next Wednesday? Well, um, using Ontario as an example, a lot of the architects of the electricity disaster in Ontario are now lead advisors, including people from the environmental movement, but also from the provincial government. Trudeau has surrounded himself with these people. And um, as I mentioned in in the article, there are uh, rumors that people are openly talking about it that um, the finance department was pushing back against this big push into uh, green utopianism, and he didn't want to hear it. So he just pushed them aside and ended up squeezing out the finance minister in the process. I guess we will see, but my fear is um, that he's going to set a very irresponsible agenda. He's going to use this idea that, okay, the pandemic changed everything. We shut the economy down. Now we can build it back in a completely different form. And rather than that making us better off, it's going to have the predictable consequence of adding to the destruction of wealth that happened because of the the viral pandemic. If we just look at the province of Ontario during the uh, the tenures of Mr. McGinty and uh, Ms. Wynne, that the province of Ontario became, if I have this correctly, became the world's largest subnational debtor. That is not something for us to be aiming for. Uh, yeah, it, uh, we, we took on a huge amount of debt. Another thing that happened over those 10 years, um, if you think back a long time, Ontario was a magnet for a lot of manufacturing activity because we had a cost advantage, especially around electricity. But other things as well, we had reasonable tax rates and we had very inexpensive electricity, and that was extremely attractive to manufacturing and industry. And that's gone. Ontario now has a reputation as a very dicey place to try to do business long term because we have high taxes uh, and we have very expensive inputs. We have uh, electricity especially is prohibitive. And so, of course, people look, compare us to Michigan and, and other U.S. states and uh, we have lost that cost advantage and a lot of manufacturing jobs went with it. So um, that was bad policy decisions uh, in Ontario that led to that. Uh, I don't wish that on the rest of the country, but that appears to be the direction the government's going in. I just want to quote your uh, column again. We are entering a phase of the COVID recession, and people should focus on that. Those two words right there, COVID recession. When many of the main benefit programs will start winding down, Even if there's still a need for them, we can't simply keep borrowing hundreds of billions of dollars to keep everyone locked down at home. So I tweeted out something a couple of days ago, and it ended with, don't cry for Canada, Argentina. Uh, Yeah, um, I think um, as we look at international comparisons, uh, Argentina is one... And it's been applied in the past when Canada has really lost its way on fiscal policy. Argentina was a very prosperous country um, 50 years ago. It was, uh, and, and, and further, uh, it could have become one of the world's great leading economies. But they elected a series of governments that embraced 
uh, high taxes, heavy government regulation, essentially uh, moving in a socialist direction and destroyed their economy and they became a third world country and they've never really climbed out of that. Um, I, I mean, they've made some progress in the last few years, but um, there's no guarantee that a country like Canada that is currently wealthy and advanced that we will always be that way. I mean, if we elect governments that make bad decisions, we will live with the consequences. Yeah, and we have no right to that position. We work hard to get there, and we have opportunity to stay there, and we have opportunity to grow, and we just seem to be, well, some people seem to be intent to destroy that. And just the final question here, Ross, back to your, your column. Now more than ever, we need policymakers to support profitable investments and capital formation, which often simply um, means not imposing unnecessary rules and regulations on entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are in great danger. Dan Kelly has been on this program many times, CEO of this Canadian Federation of Independent Business, talking about 155,000 to 225,000 businesses, small businesses in this country going under. If we go into a second lockdown, and I understand the health concerns and the health realities, but if we go into a second lockdown, what happens to Canada's number one employer sector, which is the small business community? What happens to them? Do they disappear? Um, yeah, uh, I think before there's any discussion of another lockdown, um, people need to take a good hard look at the question, is the cure worse than the disease? Um, uh, another lockdown, if it, if you can even try to tally up the number of flu deaths that it would prevent, um, the health and, and mortality consequences of, of poverty and unemployment I think will overwhelm it. Um, it's uh, uh, the first lockdown. I think uh, people just thought, well, we'll print money, we'll we'll come up with money through borrowing, all that. Um, but we've really run the course on what we can do on that. And uh, I hope that the people who make the decisions, bearing in mind a lot of them are in the government where they never experienced unemployment in the first place. I mean, they might have not had to work for four months of this year, but they're all paid anyway. It's not like the small businesses that closed down and, and had to fend for themselves. So I hope the people who are making that decision don't just think in terms of there's um, magic money out there that we can spend in unlimited amounts. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.